We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. He once was an atheist, quit believing in God when he was 14. I think losing his mom had a big part of that. C.S. Lewis. He wrote some books that did pretty well. Chronicles of Narnia, Mere Christianity, one of my favorites, The Space Trilogy. If you're into sci-fi, this is amazing, The Space Trilogy. As an atheist, C.S. Lewis dreaded death. To him, it was the end of a meaningless existence. But when the reality of Jesus and the resurrection crashed into him, he saw death as an approaching adventure. In his book, The Weight of Glory, he said that war, he fought in World War I, witnessed World War II, that war, as horrible as it can be, can serve as a massive blessing because we have to face our mortality. He wrote that during war, we can clearly see what type of universe we live in, and we are faced to come to terms with it. He said, in good times, we see this world as our home, and we look to worldly things to fill us. But when death is constantly before our eyes, it can be an unexpected blessing by shattering this illusion. C.S. Lewis longed for heaven. He said, all our life and all our adventures are only the cover of the book, but heaven is chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read which goes on forever, and which every chapter is better than the one before. Well, I've heard that somewhere before. I just keep on quoting it because it's so good. It is so good. To a Christian friend who was dying, he wrote, Can you not see death as the friend and deliverer? It means stripping off that body which is tormenting you, like getting out of a dungeon. What is there to be afraid of? Has this world been so kind to you that you should leave it with regret? A couple of weeks ago, I got to hear from Dr. Jackson. He was speaking at the Women's Widows Retreat in Muskegon, and he referred to our body as our earth suit. Mm. And so, yeah, this, I mean, C.S. Lewis is saying we get to step out of our earth suit mm-hmm. and, and be who we were created to be. Yeah, and in the Bible, of course, the body is very important. Mm -hmm. The Lord is going to resurrect us, give us a new body. But this one just doesn't work very well. It's not long-lasting. Yeah. C.S. Lewis said, There are better things ahead than any we leave behind. He described this life as a wandering to find home. I can so relate with that. A week before his death, he said to his brother Warren, I have done all that I was sent into this world to do, and I am ready to go. Man, I want to be able to say that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, for sure. It reminds me of the words of the great apostle. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, Paul says, but also to all those who have longed for his appearing. Paul, here's the point. Mm -hmm. Paul made the most of every moment God gave him. Mm -hmm. I want to be like that. He pursued with a reckless abandon, knowing Christ. He held on to Christ. He gave every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears to partner with Jesus in bringing his love to the world. He used the term or the words um, press on. Mm -hmm. I press on. I press in. 
it's continuing. It's not about perfection because Paul wasn't perfect, but it is about just regardless of what happened five minutes ago, not even just yesterday, but like five minutes ago saying, I belong to Jesus. I know I just blew it, but I'm getting up again and I'm pressing on. Yeah. He also says, I strain. Yeah. I strain to reach the end of the race and to receive the prize for which God in Christ is calling me up to heaven. So this pressing, this straining. And all the obstacles I think that he had to deal with, right? Being in prison and all the things that would have like stripped you of joy, which you talked about earlier on in this, right? You know, C.S. Lewis saying those things, they shatter the illusion that Mm. this is life, right? And they help us to stay focused on what really matters. Mm -hmm. So are you running the race or are you on the sidelines? Run the race, my friend. Keep the faith. Fulfill your ministry because you know what? You are in the ministry. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're in the ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Finish the work that God has called you to do that you know he wants you to do. Run toward that great story which goes on forever and in which every chapter is better than the one before. And now it's that part of the show when Shauna comes out and sings a silly song. Where is Shauna's hairbrush? Does your bubblegum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? That's a silly song. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's a, that's a real throwback. Yeah, wow. I don't know. We know where that came from. You said silly song and that's what came up. Yeah. You'd think it would be hairbrush or something like that, but it was Where wasn't. is your hairbrush? Yeah. Oh, where is my hairbrush? Right. Mm-hmm. But you're not really going to sing a silly song, are you? Well, I just did. Yeah, that's Now that true. we have that out of the way. You didn't do the whole song, but you've actually, you actually want to share a story, I think. I do. I do. So last spring, my daughter had come home from college for the weekend, and a couple of her friends had come home with her as well, and we had this amazing weekend together. The reason she had come home is she had a speaking engagement, and she was she was nervous about it, but she worked so hard on it, and she did this amazing job. She's really, really articulate and gifted. Eden. Eden is just so gifted with words. Would you say in your words that she is the bomb.com? She is so the bomb.com. She's who I want to be when I grow up. This is my daughter. But she just says she has such confidence and self-assuredness and command and she just owns stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's what she did wonder where she got that <laughs> from her dad so that's what she oh, did oh come on that's what she did on apple this doesn't fall far from the shauna tree <laughs> that was very kind of you thank you for that but anyway she had done an amazing job at this speaking engagement that she had and so afterwards we all went out to eat and we just celebrated her and we were kind of just basking in this sweet moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Can you oh, think yeah. about like a moment in your own life when you were just like, oh, this is, everything is right and good and there's so much joy in it. Oh, I got a word for it. Yeah. It's like an afterglow. Yeah, it really was. Kind of like that. But then we got back to the house and they just needed to grab their stuff real quick before they headed back to campus. And we're kind of all standing by the door in the entryway. And in just that few short moments that we were at home, something came up and I made this sarcastic comment Hmm. and it was funny it was so funny and painful oh okay for her ouch yeah immediately i just felt like this knot in my gut and i regretted it as soon as i 
as soon as I could, I just apologized, you know, like hugged her and like whispered in her ear, I'm sorry, but she was, you know, cold and bristly at that moment. Yeah. She was hurting and, and the relational was, connection had been severed. Uh, yeah. It was, I mean, it makes me feel that way all over again right now. Just telling you about it. Oh, dang. Yeah. It really stunk. And so they left and I just continued to feel horrible about it. You got to know, of course, right? I love my girl. I was so proud of her and celebrating her. And the last thing I wanted to do was hurt her heart at that moment. Woof. So the next day, (laughs) the next day I reached out to her again and I just wanted to say how sorry I was. And I asked her to forgive me. And she was so gracious. She did. But she also was, you know, I told you Eden's really straightforward and, and blunt and honest. And so she also said, I think the thing that made it hurt so bad, mom, was because it was such a great weekend and it just tainted the, you know, the experience for me. Mm. And I was like, oh man, there was so much pain in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to pull myself together real quick. I'll tell well, you why I'm telling you this painful story about my life. You know, when somebody who you love just tells you the truth like that, though, it, it, it cuts and it hurts, but it's so good because it changes us. Yeah. Yeah. It's an opportunity to grow. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So here's the challenge for the month of November. I've just chosen to to pay special attention to the words that I'm speaking. And I'm asking you to join me to abstaining from complaining for the entire month. So when negative thoughts come up in your mind or words come up, funny witty, sarcastic. I mean, this is just popular right now, right? You just, you just flip them out real quick and everybody laughs, but you know, there was damage done in it. It's so not worth it. We're just going to stop those before they happen and replace them with Thanksgiving and just give, uh, speak words of life to other people and give praise and honor and glory to God. Are you in? If you're in, just text the word challenge to 800 968 Eight nine three zero. Maybe like me, you've said words that hurt, and and you just know you need the opportunity to focus in and make a heart change. Just text word challenge to eight hundred nine six eight eighty nine thirty. I don't know about you, but there are times when I just find myself being in that complaining mood, and often I'll go. Well, not often. Sometimes I'll go home and I'll just, I'll just be frustrated and I'll dump it on Teresa. And I don't want to do that. I want to abstain from complaining. Yeah. So we put out this challenge for the month of November, abstaining from complaining. And I put the challenge out on November 1st and invited anybody who wanted to join me as I abstain from complaining for a full month um, to get on board. And just when negative thoughts happen, when circumstances kind of come our way that were unexpected, instead of complaining about it, we're going to flip that thing and we're going to turn it into praise. So we've had just a whole bunch of people jump on board. There's, We're going to start changing the atmosphere here in West Michigan as we start um, stop the complaining and start praising. But I heard this from Andrea this morning. I just have to share this with you. Andrea is my hero with capital H. Here we go. Andrea said, I just have to share in case anyone doubts if Satan is real. In my first 24 hours of the abstaining from complaining challenge, I burned my toast 
slammed my head on a top pantry door, which developed into a migraine, and my four-year-old projectile vomited in the TV room. And you know what? Instead of crying and complaining and letting events ruin my day, I had several opportunities to shout, not today, Satan, get out of this house. Mm. And in our prayers before bedtime, we all ended up just cracking up at everything that had happened. Uh. So... Here's to the rest of November without complaining. We got this and Jesus got us. Amen and amen. If you want in on the challenge, just text the word challenge to 800-968-8930 so I can encourage you along the way. 800-968-8930. We're abstaining from complaining the whole month of November. I don't be like Andrea when I grow up. Imagine you're homeless in the freezing cold. It's just after dark when you come near this beautiful log cabin home. It's nearly all windows and you see people inside, some laughing, some smiling, some obviously in heartfelt conversations. You can see that these people really love each other. Then the front door swings open and you're invited in. Now you're in this cozy living room. The fireplace crackles with warmth. Someone embraces you and has you sit down next to that fire. They bring you a cup of hot cocoa and they say, you can stay. But you just have this nagging feeling that you don't belong, that someone's going to ask you to leave. This is how I feel sometimes. Just to be honest, I struggle with feeling I don't belong in God's family and that he just might ask me to leave. And so if you feel like this sometimes, let's look at what Jesus has to say. In Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, and I'm condensing this, Jesus says, Come to me, you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I am gentle and humble of heart, and I will give you rest for your soul. And I think the rest he's talking about is just, you know, feeling like the weight of the world, that it's all on me. Life is all on me. It's up to me. And he's saying, no, life is all on me. Come and find rest. So come to Jesus. Come to me as Jesus' invitation into the cozy log cabin, into the family of God. And if you've come, you're in. And there's no need to feel like Jesus will ever ask you to leave. Because in the verses immediately before Jesus says, come to me, He says this, I praise you, Father, because you have hidden that I am the great rescuer of the world. That's my paraphrase. But I praise you, Father, because you have hidden that I am the Messiah from the wise and have revealed them to little children. Then he says, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then that's when Jesus says, come to me. So simply put, Jesus is saying, and I don't mean this is simple, this is profound, this is thick, but just to put it in a real concise way, Jesus is saying, if you see that I'm the Messiah, if you see that life is all on me, not on you, you can see because I've opened your eyes. And the proof that I've opened your eyes is that you've come, that you've answered my invitation to come into the family. If you've come to Jesus to find rest from thinking that life is all on you, 
if you've come to him because you know he's the Lord and that life is all on him and that the world is on his shoulders and not yours, you've come because he's opened your blinded eyes and now you can see. I once was blind, but now I see Jesus helped me to see. That's why I'm in his family. And because you've come, you're in to stay. Because Jesus says in the Gospel of John, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. That's a promise to hold on to. Yeah, that is. I think that it's just the, you know, I don't know if it's our own sinful self, our own um, fleshly self, if it's uh, the culture around us or if it's the devil himself. But I think I'm going to give this one to the devil, this feeling that I don't belong or that Jesus might ask me to leave, right? This this idea that somehow um, I skirted in and somebody's going to, you know, do an ID check and I'm going to be asked to leave. But it is, it is evidence that our hearts long for Jesus, that we belong. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing you say, mm-hmm. is if you have a longing for Jesus, Jesus himself put it there which is evidence that you belong. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's awesome to know that we won't be kicked out of his family. And I do believe that the enemy does play a huge part. You know, he attaches, we go through things, we struggle, we have these feelings, and Satan attaches his messages to them. And, you know, his messages are always, you know, God doesn't really love you. God isn't really for you. Then I can think, Also that, you know, I can doubt God because of my unbelief, you know, and for me, unbelief is like, I really think I do have to do something. I really do believe that it's sort of on me. So I've got to do something to keep myself in. And that's really my, my lack of faith. You know, Lord, I believe that life is on your shoulders, but help me because of my unbelief. Mm -hmm. Help me to rest. Yeah. Help me to rest in you instead of strive. Yeah. Lord, again, today I resign of being my own Lord and Savior. I just, this has become my daily prayer, really. I'm resigning from being my own Lord and Savior Mm -hmm. because there's only one Lord and Savior. We're in God's family because Jesus has done everything for us to get us in. And if he's given his life for ours to get us in, if he's given us everything, why would he ever kick us out? He's not going to kick us out. So if you're thinking that maybe your nagging feelings of not belonging in God's family means that you've never been a part of it, well, that's easy. Just come on in. Doors open. You can sit right there by the fire and have your hot chocolate. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.